0: What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar & Grill. Coming up on today's show, just how good is this football team? The Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week and some other stuff around the world of Florida State Athletics. Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar & Grill. Tallahassee, Florida, cptallybar.com is the website. You can pull out your phone, hit that QR code, go right to the site. But we'll let you know what's going on. On Mondays, it is the lunch special, of course, Build Your Own Burger. Another dub, another burger. Build Your Own Burger Mondays at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, an eight ninety nine lunch special from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Also comes with a side. Fries. Good fries there, right? You're not a potato guy, Corey, but come on. Fries, Corner Pocket. Solid. Oh, they're great.
1: Yeah, the fries at Corner Pocket are insane. They're, I really do love those fries. Okay. I'm not lying. The straight fries are the best on earth.
0: Straight fire, some might say. Mm, There you go. Nice. Corner pocket bar and grill. Check it out. Warchant.com, the ultimate Semble sports source. There's no promo code for that. You just go to the website, and you can subscribe for an entire year for only $10 a whole year. So if you sign up now, you'll be getting ready for, you know, that sleepy late November game before the Gator game that will punch Florida State's ticket into the college football playoff at this rate so join hurry up already what are you waiting for you got till august but seriously we've seen enough this team is good join us hit the thumbs up like and subscribe we would appreciate it Corey, let's let's jump right into we got some other stuff to talk about some other sports soccer Hmm. uh, basketball maybe to a lesser degree yuck but this football team man um I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. I'm I'm probably closer to the being the wrong, being the wrong team on on this this staff and what they're doing. I, I never thought I never bought into this whole. All right, you know, win you know three games. All right, whatever. Win five. Win seven. Come back and win nine. Then maybe win eleven. I, I never bought into this sort of belief of linear growth. Right, I never I never thought that was silly. like, hey, let's just let's give the guy 4 years, get out of his way and then we'll know what we have after 4 years. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't not work that way, man." And I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm being somewhat reasonable. I know I'm being a little bit irrational too, but I think I'm being overall reasonable that you need to start seeing some stuff early in a tenure to, to let you know you're going in the right direction. Um, shout out to all of you who believe day 1 because that's your coach. If Gene Williams sells this website tomorrow and some new dudes, my boss I will not believe in that dude until I have reason to believe in that dude. I mean, on, on the surface, I'm like, oh, great to have you. Awesome. Yeah, it's been great. And I'll be texting all my friends like, hey, man, you guys got jobs open for me? Mm. So shout out to all you who jumped on day one. You're smarter than I am. We're seeing enough, right, Corey? This team is good. And competition, obviously, maybe not the best in the country. But say that to Kentucky, who lost to Vanderbilt. Say that to NC State, who lost to Boston College at home. Uh, say that to UCLA, who lost at home to lowly Arizona. Florida State is absolutely running roughshod over competent teams, a certain degree. This is, I want to say, it's almost unprecedented to, to be at this point where you, as a Florida State fan, you think that you got the best players and you should win every game going away by three scores, so we're back because that's the way it used to be in the dynasty era, and we keep telling you that, that those days are over. You're not going to have that kind of uh, dominance. Hey, man, three games in a row. I know they're not three great teams, but this is just crazy. How do we make sense of what's going on right now with Florida State and Mike Norvell?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, unprecedented. It is precedented, but barely. You know, they—they they, the last time they've won three straight ACC games by 35 or more was 2013. That's not a surprise. And then before that, it was 0-1. Uh, um, you know, that this is... The last time they won two straight games over uh you know away from home by more than 35 points 13 again and then before that was oh three like so this is something that's happened once in the last 20 years so it's not unprecedented just by the pure definition but it's close because look you you don't yeah and i I made this point a lot uh, saturday night and into sunday when i wrote my column is is this isn't this isn't normal yes florida state was favored they weren't favored by 30. Nobody in college football, save for Georgia playing at Vanderbilt, Ohio State against anybody in like the Big Ten West, save for those teams, nobody is favored by multiple touchdowns and expected to win by 28, 30 points on the road in conference. And Florida State just won by 35 a week after winning by 42 on the road. Um, That's, uh, yeah, that's, this is, I don't know how the season's going to play out. Don't know what's going to happen the Friday after Thanksgiving, but this three game stretch, man, is as, as, as well as you could imagine a football team playing because it is one thing to win. And look, where Florida State has been the last five years, you would have, if, if people would have asked you in August, you're gonna, you're gonna win at, you're gonna beat Georgia Tech, win at Miami and win at Syracuse all by one point. You would have taken it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Instead, you're, you're out here looking like uh, just the, the best, one of the best teams in the country. Um, and I, I don't, you know, again, the, the opponents matter but only to a degree because nobody else is doing that to Syracuse. Nobody else is outgaining Syracuse by 200 yards in the first half. Nobody else is outgaining Miami by 300 yards and a half for Georgia Tech. Like that's, it's not just that they're beating these teams. They are burying these teams. Um, so it makes you think when you play a team that's better, um, like the team that's coming in the day after Thanksgiving, you're probably not going to bury them by 35 points. The way you're playing right now, if you keep that up, you're going to win, and you're probably going to win comfortably, because you're playing that well on both sides of the ball. And this is something that you know it just has not happened here in almost a decade. It's crazy.
0: Thirty-eight to three win for Florida State. Uh, they managed to keep Syracuse out of the end zone. Syracuse now has lost four straight. Uh, Florida State improves to six and three on the season. Seven and three. Seven and three. We got two more games left. Figure out your math as Um, I like what you said in the wrap up. As we kind of talk now about, not I don't want to go too much into it, but obviously that that Friday after Thanksgiving playing the Gators, uh, this will be a, a a game opponent. I, I favorite team is Florida State. My second favorite team is whoever's playing the Florida Gators. That's like been the mm. mantra forever. And I know when you and I were doing the rap, which check it out, folks. If you haven't, by the way, it's totally free. It's on War Chant TV. That's our YouTube channel. You said, hey, you know, I know this might not be popular with some people, but I'm I'm kind of glad to see that team down south the team to the east or whatever whatever Urban call us the opposite of that. The inverse. Right. Uh, kind of good to see them look okayish or good. Whatever you want to use, whatever adjective you want to use. I um I always want to beat up on the Gators no matter what. I want to see them fail in all their endeavors. But yeah, all right. Come here. Come here come here with some confidence. Come here with some confidence. Come here looking competent and let's let's get some let's get some more tests in front. Let's I, I need some real good gps data to know where we're at and i think if they look okay ish whoever they've got this coming week it portends a friday really after thanksgiving showing us truly truly just how far they've come but it's it'll it'll diminish some things this season if they can't finish out the drill the way they're projecting out right now um but certainly man if if they can pull that off wow i mean it's just an incredible feeling and i know it might not translate to recruiting momentum But it just has to give you all the confidence in the world that, you know, they're going to get better players. I mean, these guys are great, but these are really good college football players they have. But I don't know how much greatness there is. And another point that you made about these teams they're beating don't have that much less NFL talent than Florida State has right now. That's just incredible to see them outmatch these teams, I guess, based just on scheme and and preparation and physicality. I mean, great things that you want your program to be about.
1: And I don't know how well I articulated it in the rap or even in my column, but you know, this isn't, um, uh, this isn't with the Florida State fan base, you know, we all grew up, many of us grew up with them just completely outclassing the opponent, having, you know, four and a half star players versus two star players. This isn't that. Uh, Florida State does have better players than Syracuse. Do they have better players than Miami? I don't know. I don't know the recruiting rankings. I would think they're very close, but the, the difference between the talent level at Syracuse and the talent level at Florida State is not a huge chasm. So that, that's not to diminish the talent that's on Florida State's roster. It's more to, um, you know, basically praise what this coaching staff and this roster is doing because they are doing these last three weeks and really the whole season except for a half against NC State and a quarter against Wake. Um, th- what they're doing is, is really, really impressive because they have this Florida State team that might have what Aslan seven NFL players on it maybe how many first round picks maybe one they're making them look like a 90 the 97 Knowles man like the way they're running over these ACC teams the point being the 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 chasm between the talent level isn't the it's not so disparate that Florida State should be expect should be beating teams like this but they are so well prepared they apparently practice great and they they are completely out coaching and out scheming and out playing these teams. They're out they're they're more physical. They play a more physical brand of football than the teams they're playing. Their offensive line is kind of starting to take over football games, which is what world are we living in where you say that about Florida State? And it's just a credit number 1 to the coaching staff, number 2 to the players for how hard they play and how hard they practice, I guess, and how be- how well they prepare. Like that's not just coach speak when Norvell gets up there, I guess. He really does appreciate how hard they prepare because they go out on these games, Aslan, and they are all over these teams.
0: I mean, these games have but, been over after the first quarter. Maybe not Georgia almost, Tech. That yeah. was kind of sloppy. But you still, you knew that they were just going to be able to pull away eventually at some point. But, yeah, what they've done in Syracuse and Miami the last few weeks is incredible.
1: Well, and that's why, even going back to the Georgia Tech game, I know there was some difference of opinion because some people didn't weren't impressed with the way they played, thought they played horribly. I thought they executed horribly at the two-yard line on the pitch um, or on the wildcat play, but... Um, yeah, they you dropped know, I some balls just, and stuff, man. It, yeah, was, it, was but, it was sloppy. But look, Florida State isn't in a position to just dismiss blowout wins. And they were up 41-10 to 10 in an ACC game, where you could even say they didn't play that well, but they took over the game. Um, they They went on a... Well, they go on a 24 to or whatever, a 41 to three run or something, 41 to seven run. That's not something that's happened. <coughs> Sorry, that's happened around here a lot. And I think that built something with them. Like, okay, this is what it's like to dominate someone. Like that stuff matters too, getting used to dominating someone. And, and for most of from the second quarter on against Georgia Tech, they just completely clowned them. And then they've done it for the next eight quarters. So I think they, there was a lesson learned in that Georgia Tech game. Like, look, we just beat the bejesus out of this team, and we didn't even play all that well. Now, look what happens when we play well. These teams have no chance. And again, that's just, it's not, it's not, it's just not the way college football is played anymore. This would be the equivalent of, like, an NFL team winning three straight games by 25, 24 points. It happens, but it's very rare. And that's what's, that that's just remarkable what they're doing, man. This is, nobody... You don't go on the road and win two straight games by five and six touchdowns. That's crazy.
0: I like the graphic that they showed during the game. Tony Tokars apparently watching his all twenty two, but also some of the T V copy, took a photo of it and then tagged Coach Atkins in it. And it's the you know, the seminal offensive line success is the name of the graphic. Yards per play, seven yards per play this offense. That's first in the in the conference. Yards per rush, five and a half yards per rush. That is first in the conference. They've only allowed twelve sacks through yeah. ten games. That is the best in the conference as well. This offensive well, line is yeah pretty solid.
1: Yeah, it's, it's more than that now. It's becoming a force. Um, it's because look, man, Syracuse had the fifteenth ranked co- defense in the country. Um, they are not. They are not a pushover. Miami is not a pushover up front, but they are when they play Florida State. And you go into every game now, just um, and obviously you will against Louisiana, but the game after that too, and the bowl game you're gonna go into all these games confident your running game's gonna run for 200 yards. Who do, yeah, this isn't Navy. This isn't, this isn't Paul Johnson's Georgia Tech. This isn't, but, but you go into a game confident you're gonna run all over the team. And that's, that's a crazy place to live. And what's cool about what's happened the last three weeks is, it's all worked in concert together because the yes. defense has been outstanding. It had a bad half against Georgia Tech, um, sort of bad half. But uh, the last they let a- they gave Her up a touchdown. On the- was a yeah, and they gave up a touchdown on the final play of the game, which was completely meaningless. But they yeah. did. But they have what they did Saturday against their starting quarterback. They finally faced the starting quarterback the whole game. It did not matter. They suffocated that team. That team had one play. They hit like a thirty-five yard pass on a third down and got a and I got a face mask on top of it, and that was it. That's the whole offense. Um, the- Adam Fuller and that staff and those players deserve a ton of credit too. Um, I you know I don't know what Fabian Lovett's war is, but you think about what this defense has looked like, the first three and a half quarters against LSU, and then what it's looked like since he's come back, and they are a completely different unit. He was on the um, he
0: played the whole LSU. I mean, he missed like the last two plays.
1: Oh yeah, LSU. okay, that's right. Yeah. So but so for, for the yeah, but I, I more meant like before LSU started throwing it every down, okay, okay. and just went into their hurry up, yeah. you know, scrap the real offense. Offense, Um, you know, that, that's, this is what it could have been looking like the whole season. Now you'd like to have some more depth. So the loss of one defensive tackle doesn't have that big of an impact. Uh, but those other guys got better while he was out and now you do have some real depth and now you're, you know, I like what Adam Fuller's doing. They're more, they seem to be more aggressive. There was that one play where we were doing the watch along, where they had six guys to the line of scrimmage and they all came. And they blocked down on, uh, I believe it was Briggs, maybe, and let Peyton run free. And that's cool to see, too. Like, it's not, you're not just getting sacks because Jermaine Johnson and Jared Verse are better than the guys blocking them. You're getting sacks because you've dialed up a pressure that they're confused by. That's cool to see, man. So you've got guys that play hard. You've got pretty good talent, at least in your starting 11 um, up front. And then you also have a defensive coordinator and a linebacker's coach and DN's coach that are, that are timing up these blitzes as well, and they're hard, to, they're hard to decipher. They're hard for these quarterbacks and these lines to to uh, pick up, and you're getting sacks that way too, or at least pressures. Um, that's, man, all of it. All of it is – and they play so physical, man. They come and they hit you, and you go down. That is, a, that is not an easy running back to tackle, man. And they tackled him like he was a fifth-string walk-on guy. So that was uh, that was the whole game, from start. Really, the last eight quarters have been the best eight quarters Florida State football has put together in eight nine years. Just really fun to watch.
0: You folks know sports and you pick winners all the time, almost like Corey and I. So why not get paid for them at my bookie? Mybookie.ag has got the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs, anytime, anywhere. Sign up free today, but use the promo code Wake Up. I've been saying word chant for 10 weeks.
1: No, it's supposed no. supposed to
0: be wake up. But the word chant one works for headlines. But all my credit's going to Jeff Cameron right now. So help your guy out. Uh, claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000 instantly when you use the promo code wake up. Uh, and you can bet on the NFL, NCAA, and the money bag, which is a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. You place a bet, spin the wheel, you score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Corey and I, man, we're on a roll. We both went 2-1 again. So Corey is now six and three on the season. I am five and four. And you got I I I bricked mine that I got wrong. I had South Alabama did cover. It was 16 sixteen and a half. They won by 17. Mm. Clemson was a seven-point favorite. I don't know what the, they they won by more than that. It was 30 16 points Louisville had. They had some weird final score. Yeah. Uh, but I bricked on my over with Oklahoma and West Virginia. Check the weather oh. when you bet over-unders, kids. Uh, it was ugly in Morgantown. So bricked that one. Corey crushed. Ole Miss getting 11 and a half at home. Uh, Bama's not who we thought they were. Mm. LSU squeaked by. Uh, there was a push, I think. We give it to Corey. That was a three-point line. Um, and, but then Wake. Wake Wake uh, let you down. Wake was a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and uh, it was a two-score. It was a two-point loss.
1: Yeah, it was two-point loss. It was yeah. two-point loss. They were right there. They were right there.
0: So join us on Wednesday. We'll give you another batch of winners uh, and blend them with your own. And win big over at MyBookie. Again, use that promo code WAKEUP.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I like that you give me the wins, even though they're pushes. Isn't that kind of how it works, though? No, no, you don't get your, you don't win on those. You just don't lose. Oh. It's a tie. Okay.
0: All right.
1: So I like that. Well,
0: what's not been a tie, obviously, is just how good Florida State has looked here, man. And, I agree, man. They maybe have, like, seven NFL guys. So how is this all coming together? I know we talk about the offensive line looking better, and they're gelling. Um, You know, the romanticism of football with me and you is is probably a lot more long lost than anybody else that's listening to this show. You guys don't cover it for work. You're not up till 2 in the morning hammering out stuff, and you're like, man, I'd rather be at home right now. Love our jobs. Love my job. Love working for Warchan. But, like, how much of what's going on right now is sort of this, like, climb ethos like how much of it really is the success that we hear Alex Atkins talking about these guys are rooting for each other it doesn't matter who's having the success now you're seeing it with a a coach like Cars is you know he could have been like hey y'all check me out look at my offense I'm I'm the quarterback's coach but like our offense is averaging over seven yards per play all these things are because we have a really good quarterback, and I'm helping him out. But he's instead tagging Atkins with like the eyeball emoji, like, "Hey, man, look what you have done!" Like, there's this real kind of sense of camaraderie, this you know, the, the toxicity that people are talking about when you start chasing stars and giving them bags of money and NIL cash and trying to keep everybody happy. That's not a problem that Florida State has, which is kind of maybe a blessing in this. Guys, how much of what's going on is just the fact that these guys are so in tune? so together and i kind of cringe even talking about that aspect of things is we're not in the locker room but like how how do you explain turning it around this drastically this soon it it has to be more than just a really good quarterback and you know just some well-timed you know tomato cans on a schedule
1: yeah you know when it when it comes to the offense in particular i i think look they it's their third year in the system they do have a really good quarterback the offensive line has gone from uh, bad to serviceable to good. Uh, that that changes everything. And then you look to have a superstar in the making at running back. Plus, uh, you you uplift you, the wide receivers are so much better than they were. And I'm not it, obviously the transfers helped, but everybody else raised their level of play because of the transfers. And now you don't have the worst wide receiver room in the country or in the conference.
0: Right, but you got, you have on average then probably two and a half three star recruits, but you're playing like a four and a half level. That's you know that's the crazy thing, man. That's well, I
1: don't know if you'd average. I don't think it's a two and a half star average. I mean, Johnny and Michael were both four star guys. Benson was a four star guy. So when you start doing that, it it but it's not like they're they're winning with uh, South Alabama. They accomplished
0: a lot. I mean, I know Trey was. No, I get that. I get that. But
1: you're seeing the talent they had. That that and they're bringing the talent out of them. They're developing it. They identified it. Um, you know, I don't know that everybody was falling all over themselves for Trey Benson or Johnny Wilson. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Jared Verse was really the only, uh, out of all the transfer guys of the last two years, I would say Jared Verse is the only one that like everybody wanted. Yeah. Every, from Jermaine Johnson to Keir Thomas to Jamie Robinson, like these weren't guys that the, the Alabamas and Ohio States of the world were, were after, but they're playing like those types of players. Um, and and Johnny Wilson, you know, what's beautiful going back to your, your, your point, you know, I think Johnny Wilson's only catch was the touchdown. But he's still blocking like a maniac on the on the outside. And when they show him on the sidelines after the game, he's still smiling and joking with, with guys on the sideline, even though he only had one target. Because they don't seem to care. Trey Benson said afterwards, you know, the reason he thinks they're so explosive is because they're so unselfish that they 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 really don't care who gets the credit. Meaning those wide receivers of Micah Pittman's only been thrown to twice the whole game, that doesn't stop him from trying to block his guy into the tunnel. And, and those the, those explosive plays that Trey Benson makes running down the sidelines, none of them happen. Like, he can get nine yards. He's not getting 30 yards unless the wide receivers are down there doing their jobs and the tight end is doing their job. So the unselfishness, I think, is really um, uncommon that you have a whole wide receiver room where, like, Micah Pittman last week didn't have a catch. This week, Johnny Wilson had one catch. Johnny Wilson had three catches the last two weeks. Um, and there's there there's, doesn't appear to be any griping or any animosity they all genuinely, you know, when you see one of their, when they see one of their teammates score, they all throw their hands up in the air. They were all really excited when Jordan caught that touchdown pass. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a team that's easy to root for, not just because they're good and not just because they play hard, but they have some of that, as we've said before, some of that, I don't know, 2020 FSU basketball DNA in them, where they really do get excited when somebody else leads them in scoring. You know, there's. I remember when Devin Vassell, went that great season, he led the league. He, I think it was 13 points because it was that team, but he led that team in scoring one time. So he became like the 11th different player to lead them in scoring, and the whole bench was going crazy every time he made a bucket. You know, Trent Forrest or MJ Walker are, are being like, "Where's mine? I want my points." They're all going. They're all so excited for their teammates, and I just think um, that 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 speaks to what he's built that also speaks to like you touched on a little bit hunger and a team that hasn't done anything before and they're playing like it. Um, they have, so it would be interesting. I was thinking about this today. If most of this offense, especially the guy calling the shots comes back next year, is it different next year? Cause they'll all come in with expectations, right? Right. Johnny Wilson's going to want to get to the league. Trey Benson wants to get to the league. Toa Feely, Jordan Travis is back for his ninth year. Um, W- w- will will they still have this same attitude and be happy in their quote unquote money years if they have two catches for 21 yards mm. that's what i'm interested in but by all means by and by all indications yeah it won't be a but it will be a problem yeah. yeah but but I, it doesn't look like it would be a problem right like they they still seem completely bought into yeah. what they're doing in trying to make this offense one of the best in the country and trying to make this football team one of the best in the country which right now I don't know man it clearly is.
0: Yeah, it's the, the buy-in thing is an important thing and you know it's hammered year 1 and 2 when you're you're talking to a coach and the players and you know sometimes you know Norvell says some coach speak stuff that makes you maybe want to be like, "Eh, I don't know." I mean, when he talks about momentum, right? Like momentum is it's only it's it's one play away from totally changing. But you see them living that out. You see them turning the ball over yeah. kind of in the first yep, half when exactly the game is right. still kind of maybe in the balance. But your defense comes right back on the field and just makes it an absolute non-starter. and It doesn't matter. Like You see them living out the things that he's talking about. Yeah. He, he mentions the hard work doesn't guarantee success. Like You have to continue showing up every single week and working harder. And there's no reason to think that it's going to stop. And even with an offseason and some other goals being dangled in front of them, they're, they're seeing this through right now. They're seeing what happens when you do stick to the process, if you want to call it proof of concept, whatever's going on with them right now. But yeah, I mean, if they run this back next year, maybe their head is close to their ceiling. Maybe they won't come out and go 14-0 next year. But certainly they've, they've lived it, they've walked it, they've breathed it enough now to know that to get to where they want to have to get to, man, they, they do have to buy into this philosophy and live it out. And they, and they have, man, and it, it makes for incredibly compelling football. Um, it's great
1: did here. you see my uh so i looked it up you know, florida state now after that game is 11th in the country in total defense and they're 16th in the country in total offense
0: and they're second in pass yardage allowed
1: yeah yep and uh but, you, but you know, to your point so,
0: 11th in total defense 16th in total offense
1: and so they're top 20 in both in the old they're, they're the only other teams that are top 20 in the country in both total offense and total defense are alabama georgia and ohio state good company like, that's the company you're keeping now now the record doesn't keep that company because they you know there's still some learn there's still some growing pains you have to go through in a learning curve when you're when you're this much better than you were a year ago and two years ago but that's the company they're keeping and so when I when I keep saying this isn't normal it's not and when I keep saying I think they could play with anybody in the country including Alabama I believe it I would never pick them to beat Alabama until they actually beat Alabama but I I wouldn't, you know, two years ago, Alabama would have oh, beaten them by geez. 80 points. Um, now, I think it's a fourth quarter game. I, they, they would not be blown off the field by any, any of those teams. They might go 0-3 against them, but they would be in the game against all of them. Yeah, I bear, truly bear, believe that. Bear, bear Bryant kind of give
0: Bobby too much guff, you know, He'd be like, all right, good game as they're watching <laughs> down from the heavens. You yeah, know.
1: exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so, so, um, so yeah, that's, that's where they are. That's the company they're keeping. They've run for a hun- All these things I just looked up Aslan. they they ran for over 200 yards for the fifth straight game. It's the first time they've done that since 1995. That's crazy. Jeez. I, I, Warwick Dunn was a junior. Um, Danny Cannell was the quarterback. Randy Moss and Walter Jones were both redshirting mm. on that football team. Um, which is the, the two best redshirts in college football history. So, you you're talking about stuff that just isn't ha- doesn't happen, not just around at Florida State, but anywhere. But this is a proud program that's done a lot of great things, and this team is doing stuff that we haven't seen in decades. That's no matter. I don't care who the opponent is. That's awesome, and it again it it starts me. And as I asked Ira on the wrap after the game, it's like you start when you watch it like this. When you watch what this team has become in the last three years. And in the last month, you start projecting, okay, if he's gotten it this much better this quickly, what what is the ceiling of this program with him at the helm? What is the ceiling of this team? And then if they come back next year in mass, which again, they all could. I'm not saying I'm not predicting it, but if they did, do you have a playoff contender on your hands? Because my thought is, Absolutely you do. If Jordan Travis comes back with Jared Verse and Johnny Wilson and Trey Benson and maybe Fabian Lovett, um, yeah, you've got a, if you stay healthy, you've got a playoff contender on your hands. That's crazy to think that that's where Florida State is, but that's how impressive they've been these last three weeks. And they've proven at at every turn that they can play with the best in the country, I think. Um, The last two games, years against Clemson uh, proved that the game, the win against LSU. So you've proven you can play with the best in the country. You've proven you can beat. Apparently LSU is one of the best teams in the country and you beat them. Can you do it consistently? And do you have the depth to withstand some injuries next season and get back to a, pl- a place like this? And, you know, that, that, there's no reason to think they don't, man. That's how, I, I, I just I haven't felt this good about the direction of Florida State and about a particular Florida State team in nine years.
0: No, I mean, I agree with you for sure on that. I mean, just in terms of what you think about this team right now and how good they're looking, and just how confident you are every single week, like it's it's not a smoke and mirror thing. Like it, it right? It, it, you have a, a top rushing team plays against an Alabama or Georgia, like they are quickly humble. Like you see Tennessee's high octane offense become humble against Georgia. Like Florida State's running game is not going to become impotent against anybody that's right. left on the schedule, at least. You know, even if they end up playing in Alabama. Let's say in the bowl game, uh, I still think they'll find a way to to rip off close to 200 yards. Uh, they'll get close to their average. It's just it's it's extremely impressive. The one thing though, this is a good thing that we have to guard against now because of how you know low we were at a certain point. I, I do wonder when you talk about we start thinking about what the the ceiling of this program can be with with this staff and and the sort of blueprint they're using right now. But that's that's a great mystery. That's what keeps us coming back every week though, right? Because it's it's like scalability. You can. You can sit out front your house and sell lemonade and, and make, you know, $100, but you just can't instantly scale that up. You're like, oh, if, we, if we make 15 lemonade stands, we're going to, you know, make 15 times the money we're making. It's just the way it works. It's like, well, no, there's all sorts of different variables that go into play. It's going to be expectations on you, you, know, you right. being hunted, a little bit of a different schedule. LSU apparently has another really good freaking linebacker that was spying Arkansas's Man, that guy's a freakazorn. Harold Perker. He's a true freshman, yeah. so we'll see. You know, but, but, again, I mean, good problems to have, and it's crazy when you kind of sit back and think about, again, how how dire things looked um, You know, two years ago, a year ago. I mean, listen, man, you, you couldn't beat Florida with an interim staff. Now they're going to be coming yeah. in here, hooping and hollering, and you're probably going to be favored by close to a touchdown against them. And I'm not that nervous about that number. And, you know, I enjoy that. Thanks.
1: Mike. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good. It's uh it, yeah, just really commendable. Um, you know, Norvell has done a a, a fantastic job, and uh, like I wrote in the column, and I think this is the truth, man. I I think, you know, Florida State fans have not had this much fun watching football in a good long while. Shanna, the ex-wife, even texted me, and she's like, "This is flipping awesome," when it was when, when they threw the reverse pass to make it thirty-eight to three, not because they just score, although that was awesome too, because of the reason they did it, I think, but. Um, Man, just just to be a Florida State fan and feel like it's 1999 again, just for a brief moment, we know it's not a championship team. I'm not comparing, you know, Micah Pittman to Peter Warwick or anything like that. This is not as good a team as that one, clearly. But it's been so long since Florida State fans could like breathe in the third quarter of a game. When you had a lead, you're like, okay, when are they gonna blow it? And if it was even, you're like, how are they gonna lose?
0: Yeah, you're so, still scarred like you're watching the game like oh you know that that's a that's a that's a drive killer that penalty and then you you should be up three scores and I're only up by 18 instead of 24 and it's like Corey it's it's gonna be all right man this team is the same you know it's not the the teams of of yesteryear last yeah year, yeah you you, you almost though.
1: have to change the way you watch the game yeah. and you in uh, because yeah you're right like when um well and it was true the truth at the moment you're up 14 to three and then that fumble and you're like yeah man this is how you keep Bad teams in the game in, in, in their own building. Our team's worse than you. When you're a better team, this is how you lose games is by mistakes like that. And that was really the last mistake they made. Um, after that, they were almost flawless offensively. And, uh, you know, defensively, they basically were flawless. And, and kudos again to Fuller. Um, I know he's been much maligned the last three years. Um, he's He deserves his flowers, man. This has been a really, I mean, two straight games without a touchdown. 11th in the country in total defense. Think about that unit two years ago, man. Bailey Hawkman lit them up. Mm. Bailey Hawkman.
0: He's not even playing football anymore. He has eligibility.
1: He's not yeah. even playing football. He's out. And now they're going on the road and, and essentially pitching shutouts two weeks in a row. Uh, that's how far they've come. Uh, he's done a very good job. They've also gotten him players, which helps. And I, as I said, and I continue to say, his his career will really be judged on how they acquire the player acquisition how much better talent-wise they can get on that defense, but and he he, desperate, he definitely knows what he's doing. You know, Florida State doesn't give up any big plays, and they lead the country in big plays on offense. That's a nice combination to have. Um, he's done a good job. Obviously, Norvell's done a great job in Atkins um, with the offense. And uh, these players, man, and again, I, you know, I, I think you could make the argument, not an argument, the, the stance that it starts with the quarterback is kind of true right
0: absolutely yes
1: like it's just we we haven't even really talked about him he's he had five touchdowns in that game and we haven't talked about the quarterback who had two incompletions one of them is when his wide receiver slips out coming out of a break which looked like a perfect throw on third and 14 and the other one is when his lineman blindsided him while he was throwing the ball those are his two incompletions dylan gibbons inexplicably runs over and hits him as he's throwing the ball and dylan gibbons by the way had a very good game and is a very good lineman, and he's he's the leader of that group. So I'm not trying to poke fun at the dude. He's been he's been really good, and that line's been great. But he was 21 to 23, and those were his two incompletions. Now he didn't make a ton of great throws or tough throws, but you don't have to. He's making the right reads and the right decisions, and he's getting it to the he's getting the ball out on time. He's getting it to where his receivers can go make plays. He's not making inexplicable mistakes. Uh, he's running well. It's just, it's, you know, we, we almost, it's to the point where you take for granted. Oh yeah, Jordan Travis had a nice game. twenty one to 23, five total touchdowns. But that's where he is. Uh, he's just, uh, he, in c- considering where he was and where he is now, that you almost lose it. But he's had, he's had one of the, through 10 games, one of the best seasons a Florida State quarterback has ever had. Not the best. We all know what that one is. Probably not one of the f- four best. But he's up there, man. This has been a, Great season by him. And when you go into a game knowing your quarterback is seeing it the way he's seeing it, making all the right checks, making all the right reads, running this thing like a veteran because he is, and making all the plays, man, you just feel completely confident. On the road, at home, it shouldn't matter. And it hasn't. The guy's just been great. Other than one half against Raleigh and a second quarter against Wake. The guy has been exceptional pretty much all season.
0: And apparently if he leaves, we're going to be all right because Tate Rodemaker graded out at 92.5, according to PFF. Jordan only 73.5. Yeah. Explain,
1: explain that one to me, big dog. <laughs> I don't know, man. Did you watch Tate and go like, God, ah, he's playing 20% better than Jordan played?
0: Again, it's it's all data. We need to know what, yeah. what times to, to weigh it properly and when not to weigh it.
1: But I, again, I, I go back to when you think about next season, and I know there's still three games left in this season. If you get 13 to come back, you have to get him to come back if there's any way, shape, or form. If he's giving you any hope at all or any indication that he wants to come back, which I think he probably does at this point, because who's not having fun with this? Why, why, why wouldn't you come back if you're going to get some money? And he'll get some very real money, get him back, and you go into next season so confident heading into every game. And also because you, you just you, you have no idea what it's going to be like without him. It probably wouldn't be horrible. We saw that against Louisville, but he is such a difference maker, man. And he is playing at such a high level. He is the second best quarterback in the conference behind the kid from North Carolina. And he might be one of the top, again, 10 quarterbacks in the country. I can tell you one thing. He wouldn't lose to Arizona like the kid at UCLA did. Did you watch any of that game? No, no. Jordan Travis would average 400 yards a game in the Pac-12. This offense would put up 750 yards a game. That is the softest league in the world.
0: Well, this guy coached in the Pac-12. They were and their offense yeah, was as know. good as they were. I mean, he never had above a top 25 offense in Arizona State. And right now, his offense at Florida State is 16th.
1: So how about that? How about well, that? I'm to throw shade the Pac-12. That?
0: Leave them alone over there, man.
1: Let them. Oh man, it's it's crazy. I love it. It's awesome. But those those defenses, holy smokes. You saw that Oregon Washington game. Come on, man, those defenses are 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 not great. It's a bummer for Kenny. No sarcasm there. That was a, that was a bad loss for them. Did you see on their last drive though when they, they were went, down three?
0: I saw when they went, I saw when
1: they went for on fourth
0: and one on like their own thirty five. Hate to see that. Ah, I'll throw shade at. What are you doing, man? Punt the ball.
1: Yeah, uh, well, no, I meant when they were down when they Washington took the lead with another minute to go and then Oregon had a 4th and 14 from deep in its own end and they converted it. Oh, was it a little touching or like here, here goes here goes Dilly again. Oh, Another 4th yeah. and 14. He did it again, <laughs> but then they ended up not scoring and lost the yeah. game, but still.
0: Yeah, um I don't want to diminish anything that Jordan's done and I agree with you. He ideal plan A is you find a way to bring him back next year, but I think I think this offensive line is good enough that they can either go to the portal or figure out ways to cater certain things around Tate. And again, I know Tate didn't look great in the limited action that he had. I man, I think everything is working in conjunction great for yeah. this offense right now. He is the linchpin of it. But yeah. man, right below that this if this offensive line can block the way they're blocking, give the t- I mean cuz Jordan has a lot of time, man. You know, a lot of it used to be him, you know, rolling out, yeah. extending plays. Yeah. I man, a lot of it is just him staying in the pocket, staying calm, going through all his progression. If they can find a guy that can you know, have a good feel for the offense. Uh, I feel good about where they'll be because this offensive line, I think, is, is really been a, a huge part of, of Jordan's success. Obviously, but his presence alone opens up things for the running game that we really can't, yeah. You know, quantify. So
1: and you lose, you're going to lose two. You lose your two guards. Yeah. Um, but the way again, when you think about the portal, and you might have guys on your roster that you like a lot. We don't know. But the way the portal has been and should be for Florida State after seeing what anybody in the country that's looking around and sees what these transfer guys are doing at Florida State, it's going to sell itself. So maybe this year in all love to Demetri Emanuel, maybe you're not going and getting a guy from Charlotte. You know what I mean? Or, or maybe you're not even going and getting like the seventh lineman from a place like Notre Dame, like Dylan Gibbons was. You're going and getting starters from power five schools. Maybe that's an option, right? Like that's, that's how appealing and enticing I think Florida State is should be in the transfer portal now. But don't you have to k- kind of keep that
0: workmanlike, you know, chip on the shoulder? Maybe I mean, isn't that part of some of the success they're enjoying right now? They're not getting the disgruntled guy; they're getting the guy that you know was hungry, you know, felt that he got jilted, or wants yeah, to maybe prove I mean, stock yeah. kind of a thing. You y- know? It,
1: so. But it might be somebody's leaving because their coach left. You know, it might not be like he's just a malcontent. It might just be they're leaving because the coach left, or uh, they they went two and ten, um, and they want to go play for a winner, not because they're not getting. Uh, I, I just they're, think they're it, not getting shine.
0: I think it just goes to prove that, like, listen, you can either go get a guy that was one dude away from playing at Notre Dame or a guy that was at Charlotte. I mean, you're getting two different caliber kind of players, at least on on paper, right? You're getting a guy from Notre Dame, a guy from Charlotte, but both of them have integrated into your offense flawlessly. Yeah. So it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter like what you can go bargain bin if you want to look at it that way. You're going to like a, a lower level group of five school, or you can go to a absolute blue blood. But man, they know what they need, who's going yep. to work, and that's the most important part
1: of it. And they're they doing a great job of identifying um got guy, guys that can help uh, turn in time. Obviously I don't think they wanted him to play tackle um necessarily, um, at least start, but but he had to. He was kind of forced into that and you know, look. Uh, this, you know, they've, they've lost guys, they've lost some guys for the year and it has, they, they it's still one of the better units in the conference, which is just crazy to think about. And, and going back to this team in particular, not just the future, but what's been so great is the complimentary aspect of this. Like you talked about having the one fumble on even that play. I don't blame that sack on the O-line. It was a goofy play that Norvell took credit for. took... Took blame for, I should say
0: accountability. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it, it was a. It, I, I think it was supposed to be like a fake quarterback draw or yeah. counter play. Yeah, and Jordan kind of just stands there and scans, and it, none of it looked right. But Jordan is so confident in that. Think about him being so confident in that offensive line that he just stands there like a statue, two yards from the line of scrimmage, looking downfield.
0: Versus four years ago, the, what that quarterback was dealing with. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Don't touch me, Abdul. Don't help me up." Why don't you block somebody? Like, but even Jordan two years ago would have been completely skittish with good reason, and now he's just standing tall like he's Peyton Manning because he he thinks he's got uh, he's got protection for nine seconds. Uh, that that's telling. And then, uh, but so they fumble they fumble there. Defense pushes them back. They actually get better field position than they had when he fumbled because the kid ends up missing the fifty three yard field goal. First miss against Florida State by a field goal kicker. I think in eleven tries, by the way. And then, um, and then you think about what the special teams did, man. Think about how many drives you you faced two offenses that are not very good the last two weeks, right? Think of how many times those two not good offenses had to start inside their eight yard line. Yeah, man. You when you're not a good offense, the last thing you want to do is have your butt on your own goal line, and that's happened like seven or eight times the last two weeks. Three punts for three punts for MassaMoto. All three of them were inside the twenty. I think all three were inside the eight. Yeah. The one kid, the kid fair caught one at the five. And I think the other two, he fair caught inside the 10. Last week, you downed two at the one. And then, so you think about that special teams play. And then you also think about Micah Pittman catching every ball when the when it matters. And not only letting the ball not roll, but getting 10 yards, getting oh. 12 yards. These are first downs that he's saving you, your offense yes. work. Yeah, good, you yeah. Know? very good point. Yeah. So the ball, so there was one play in particular last, uh, on Saturday, Saturday night where, the ball hits, the, because it was a terrible punt, and it rolls, it rolls. he picks it up. If he doesn't pick it up, it's going to roll an extra 10 yards. Instead, he picks it up and runs 10 yards forward. Well, okay, guys, that's 20 yards you just got saved because you have a punt returner that's not afraid to catch the ball. And he caught a couple other ones and made guys miss and turned balls that I think the guys last year wouldn't have even tried to catch because they would have been worried about dropping it. He's not only catching them, he's running them forward 15 yards. So he might have saved you, just in one game, 55 yards in field position. Hmm. That's, you can't put a, so yeah, you got 420 yards of offense, but you also have those hidden yards of 50 or 60 yards. So instead of starting at your own 27 or 29, you're starting at your 43. Or the one drive you started at their 24. Correct. Because he caught it on the run, had a nice return, and then got face-masked. That can't be overlooked. Um, that's that's real, you know, and, and overstated how important that is. So the special teams, man, um, it's been, it, they've just been really, really, really good here um, the last the last two weeks for sure, and really kind of off and on all year. But the last two weeks, it's been exceptional. And I have to say this, Aslan, I don't know if you've seen the replay. I have not. But what in the sorry, I almost cussed. Ooh. What in the flip? Are Ryan Fitzgerald and Mastromano doing on that missed field goal? The one that was short, the 51-yarder?
0: I didn't see it. Do you want to explain? I, I, haven't, I haven't watched a replay.
1: They, so I, I, so it's 38-3. to They try a 51-yarder. He hits it right down the middle, but I think it comes up about a yard short. Yeah. After he kicks it, there's a guy that dives for the ball and misses it.
0: Oh, yeah, I
1: remember And that. Fitzgerald fall, crumples to the ground oh, yeah. like he's been shot. And then Mastromano, the holder then goes and lays down right beside him if he as if he got taken out as well. Yeah. Like they were bowling pins yeah. it, or it's a murder scene and they're laying there. Even Mark Rick brought it up on the ACC show afterwards. He's like, <laughs> well, you got to get soccer out of the game. It was after he told Norvell to kick the Gators, <laughs> which if you haven't seen that clip, that's a direct quote from Mark Rick. So don't get mad at me. But he did say that he asked Norvell to go do that for him. But he also brought up Mastromano and Fitzgerald Falling down as if they had just been um, kneecapped. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess they were doing it as a joke because no. they're up 35 points. But, uh, well, no, they had to. Mastermano for sure.
0: They were selling it. They were, yeah, they weren't doing it as a joke. I, but
1: I'm, have you ever seen a holder sell it?
0: Eh, you know, I've never seen a punter run across
1: the line of scrimmage either. Master mono's playing his own game, gang. <laughs> He's playing his own. It's Alex's world, man. He's just doing his thing. Um, can't wait for one of you. I won't be there, Aslan, today. So if you want to ask Papuchas about that, okay. and maybe see if any of these fools will actually watch that video right. of Papuchas, I do want to know what he what they said about that play because I've never seen a holder fake getting run into. Kickers, it happens. I get it. The holder fell down and sprawled out on the on the turf. The clutch shot, the biggest hit. It's time for the Zaxby indescribably good player of the
0: week you heard the man it's time for the zaxby's indescribably good player of the week let's go to the soccer team who is the number one overall seed in the entire national tournament and lauren flynn maybe not the the prettiest goal that you're going to see but in terms of the effort it was indescribably good battling inside the 21 yard box uh, she's able to gain possession weave through a couple of what is Florida Gulf Coast? What are they? The Eagles or something? Who knows? Sure, that
1: sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right.
0: Basically making them look like training pylons and puts one in the lower corner to get the ladies on the board in the 52nd minute. Maybe a little pressure there playing with that number one mm. overall seed on their back and they come out scoreless at halftime, uh, but she picks her teammates up right there. So Lauren Flynn is my Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week, Corey.
1: And that was her first goal of the year. Pretty good time for it to get the game winner. Um, uh, Yeah, there's a lot of avenues to go down. The guy that scored five touchdowns, Trey Benson, you could give it to every week. Um, I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit, and I'm just going to say, I don't even know what his stats were, but I have to pick up somebody from the defense. They need some love. I'm just going to say Fabian Lovett. He played 21 plays. I don't care. Fabian Lovett, it's indescribable how much he's changed that team by coming back. Um, not even making a huge impact doesn't matter. Him being out there is an impact. He's hard to block, and I want to give it to. I was going to give it to Adam Fuller, but eh, he makes a lot of money, so I'm going to give it to. I'm going to give it to Fabian Lovett. He's my indescribably good player of the week because that defense has now allowed six points in two games. The last competitive touchdown it allowed was the first drive of the second half against Georgia Tech. Since then, twenty three straight drives they have not allowed a uh, not allowed a touchdown. So they, they, that's indescribable, and I'm giving it to Fabian Lovett.
0: Fabian Lovett, Lauren Flynn are Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. All right, before we go out, Corey, I uh, do want to give him uh, his proper due. Uh, that is Alex Mastromano. Uh, I'm finally learning how to read all the stats on stat broadcast a little cleaner. Okay. So one punt down at the 8-yard line, the other one down at the 5-yard line, the other one down at the 7-yard line. Yeah. So that's... That's real good. Talking about it during the live watch along with uh, Tom Lang, and this is now two games in a row. Florida State has gone without allowing the opposition to get into the end zone. Should should Chip Baker rethink? And listen, I, I get the whole the whole aura of the spiked baseball, which most people listen mm. to the podcast know that Chip Baker, longtime ops assistant coach for Florida State baseball, still with the program, would drive a nail through a baseball and award it to Mickey Andrews back in the day when the defense used to pitch shutouts. Uh, well, that doesn't happen all that much in this day and age. Should Chip reconsider and perhaps make it either like I mean, this is another game where they allowed the opposition less than two hundred offensive yards. Should it be something like, All right, if you hold them under two hundred yards or you don't allow them to score a touchdown, I'll give you a spike baseball or do we not want to dilute just what it means to have the I just spike don't baseball? know
1: what what's the what's the barometer? What are you using then? Is it under ten points? Is it one? I think it should be one touchdown or less. Okay. In this day and age of college football, like just no touchdowns—that's almost as rare. I mean, that's that doesn't happen much either. Um, so I, I would say one touchdown or less, or maybe one touchdown or less by your starters. Okay. Like really get intricate. In fact, I'll be honest with you, Aslan, If we're changing things up, I thought Saturday should have been a sod game. <laughs> Let's get some sod from the ter- from the Carrier Dome, man, or whatever they're calling it. <laughs> Come on now.
0: Wireless Dome. Yeah. I wonder how that's gone over up there. And then they just call it the dome. Even on ESPN, they're like, Florida State taking on Syracuse in the dome. It's yeah. Like, yeah, we're not going to call it Yeah, City nobody's, the
1: nobody's doing dome. that. Before we go, we do have to. So, well, no, so there's the a couple of things team. I want to talk
0: about, if you don't oh, mind. Oh, let's go. Okay, yeah, let's go. Um, first off, uh, let's look at the polls real quick. Florida State has now moved up to 20th. 20th in both. In the both polls, so that's good. Yep. We'll see how they uh, rank in the playoff poll.
1: They should be higher than that, man. I would think they'd be like 18 in the playoff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have a chance if they beat Florida, uh, because Florida will be seven and four, maybe ranked. Uh Florida State will you hope be eight and three. They're a twenty four point favorite this week early on against Louisiana. We'll see where that number ends up going. But if Florida State's eight and three and Florida's seven and four, and then they beat Florida, I don't know, man. Can Florida State get to like twelve? Thirteen? Wow. And if they do that, is there I guess there's really no chance of New Year's six, right? Because of Carolina and Clemson. Well, one yeah. of those two would take both of those teams would be taken before Florida State. Yeah.
0: And then I think we got to remember Notre Dame is still in the mix there. And then also that group of five school gets, you know, yeah, gets Also, the New Year's six bid. So we're, I mean,
1: don't you think it's got to be the Gator Bowl, man, the tax slayer bowl
0: or that rely bowl in Tampa? I think that's that's maybe even a, a rung above the tax slayer bowl. Uh, so that would be, you know, maybe like Ole Miss could be like Ole Miss, Alabama, one of those teams. Yeah, but I think State.
1: the the Gator Bowl too is an SEC game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. You're
0: right. But I think like Reliant Quest, I think the one in Tampa, I think it might be just sorry to my friends in Duval. Uh, I think it might be just a little bit higher. Maybe. A oh, all right. Payout. Okay. But, uh, all right. We'll see how it goes. And just for me to be on brand, not everyone's gonna. A lot of people are gonna disagree with me on this, and you, I know you're gonna disagree with me on this. I know oh, Shanna's no, gonna wait. disagree with me on this. Mm. I like the Philly special. I don't know why you run it there. Like, that, that play is bulletproof with what you have personnel-wise. Why run it there when you have no need to score? Like, you could have, if the Florida game is nip and tuck, man, you could have pulled that out against the Gators and changed the momentum of the game. I, I don't like pulling out that play at that juncture. I just thought that was, that was bringing a sledgehammer when you had to kill a fly. It was nope. unnecessary. It,
1: it's all because of what the Syracuse defensive tackle did. Oh, bow up himself. then, bow
0: up then, Corey. Bow up and run it right at him mm. and show him those nope.
1: balls. No, nope. no, nope. make him, make him. You know what's crazy is the play before when Benson, we thought Benson scored, and then they went and reviewed it. But as Benson's lying in the end zone and they're signaling touchdown, that kid just pushes Jordan Travis. Like and you know, Travis. I mean, maybe Travis was talking to him, but he just goes, it flats out and pushes Jordan in the chest, and Jordan throws his hands up and looks at the ref. The very next play, he makes that play where he tackles Benson in the backfield and then looks and does like a, a wrestling move towards the Florida State sideline and giggles and laughs and points at himself. I just think that angered the coach to the point where he's like, okay, we're scoring on this no matter what. I'm not going to give that dude the satisfaction. And here's the thing, man. Um, he's you a know guy they from a,
0: Syracuse. Who cares? Don't give the Gators the satisfaction but of having you know,
1: You know they have a play off that play. All right. And also, how often are you practicing defending that? And in the moment, would you recognize it? And would you do it out of a different formation so they don't know that you're under center? Maybe it's not Micah Pittman going in motion, it's somebody else going in motion. Like you can still, there's still some tricks they got in the bag. Right. Uh, I just like that they did it at that, at that juncture, yeah. strictly because of that kid with his weird, uh-huh. um, whatever corset that he was wearing around <laughs> his belly that, that he had to sit there and watch, you know, run one way, then look back the other and watch Jordan Travis score for the fifth time. Two weeks in a row, Corey body shaming somebody. I love it. That's what I'll I do. It. He 5'11", 266. Man, he was a, he's a good, looks like a good player. I just, you know, and you're in the, I tweeted it too. Like that was crazy to be dancing and celebrating when you're down 28 points and the team has the ball, at your two yard line. And then the last punt of the game that Micah Pittman fields, one of Syracuse's guys, uh, tackles them, you know, two yard gain, whatever. And then gets up and starts dancing. It's like, you remember those moments, Aslan, and how infuriating they are. Yeah, (laughs) It's so awesome to know they're not around anymore, man. That stuff isn't happening. And to watch another team go through it and their fans, the the fans that are actually Syracuse football fans being like, what is going on with our program? How in the world do you have a lack of self-awareness to get up and dance? making a meaningless tackle when your team is down by 35 points. But, yeah, whatever. It's not, not Florida State's issue anymore.
0: What did you want to talk about on the way out, Corey?
1: Well, two things. So, Florida State, as you mentioned, uh, the soccer team won. Uh, uh, so, they advanced to the second round where they'll play LSU. Friday night against LSU at home at 530. And then, 8 o'clock that Friday night is Florida State-Florida men's basketball at the Civic Center. Hmm. So just just throwing that out there, it's going to be a du- you could do a double dip if you're a Florida State fan. Um, you go to the or you could go to the happy hour with yeah. Jeff Cameron and I. But uh, all of it, all of it's on the table. But Florida State soccer plays LSU at at uh, at uh, at five thirty, and then the men's basketball team, which is in rough shape, folks. It has not been a good start. Hey, can you give uh, a,
0: can you riff on that for a minute? Obviously, I'm watching sure. the UCF game on Friday, I, I did not get to catch it, but. Um, I mean, is it just a lack of shooters? Is it a lack of finish at the rim? Is it the No, I mean, it's, I mean, that, it's the rebounding it looks, number was gross.
1: It's crazy. They, they got out rebounded 52 to 22, which is I, just impossible. I don't know if an ACC team has ever been out rebounded by 30 by a non ACC school or just in general. It's just but look, they they brought in the kid from Brown was supposed to be a real difference maker transfer 2 time defensive player of the year up there. A great athlete that could cover guys. Well, he's out for the year with a knee injury. Then in the first five minutes of that game on Friday night, Naheem McLeod goes out with an injury and and Leonard said it's going to be out for two months. So you have no big men anymore. You're out. Two of your freshmen aren't playing uh, because they're hurt. They might come back. We don't know when. So they they basically had seven scholarship players uh, on Friday night uh, against UCF. None of them played particularly well. Cam Fletcher isn't right. Uh, He's hurt. He's got a bad back and they haven't figured out what they're doing. Like, is Kayla Mills going to be your score? He's going to be your point guard. So it's it just looks like it could be a, a really long season. Oh, and also Baba Miller. Let's not forget about that nonsense, guy gang. He's a tall kid that could rebound, that could help. So three of your tallest guys are out at least until January, um, and you've got some big games between now and then, including Florida on Friday night. You play Troy tonight. Hmm. Troy's going to be in the Civic Center. Maybe you can get your first win of the year, but yeah, man, it's... The, 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 the key, the, the advantage that Florida State always has and has had in the last six or seven years is their depth and their quality of depth. Well, they have seven guys now and what, two of them, three of them are guys that have never played before. So do you really have a depth advantage? Um, I mean, I think Tom House could be a good player, but he's a freshman, played two games in his career. He can't, doesn't rebound. I like the corner None of these kid. guys rebound. I like the corner Yeah, I, I do too. But he's got so much learning to do. Yeah, that's true. And fact. he's going to have to learn on the job because there's no, other, there's no other big guys. That's it. He's the guy. So they're going to be small. They're going to have to play small. And Caleb Mills, Jalen Worley, are going to have to say, you know what? I got to go rebound. Derwin Kitchen was a great rebounder. He wasn't big. You got to go find a way to help your guys out and rebound. Otherwise, you're going to get destroyed on the boards by anyone. So... Anyway, so they got Troy tonight, and they got uh they got Florida on Friday night. Uh, it's gonna be a uh, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what this what this team becomes, and if it when it can get healthy. It's just like man, it's such a bummer. Is- Not only did COVID ruin the Final Four chance, national championship chance, and then we only got Scotty Barnes at like twenty percent of real power because you couldn't have crowds at the game. But then this injury bug yep. the last two years has been nuts. And sorry slash NCAA bug. <laughs> Uh, you know, basically suspending your your best player, your most talented player because of some nonsense. So it's just, I, it, Leonard deserves some breaks, man, especially after COVID and what team he had put together and the fact that they didn't get to play that tournament. And it's like the basketball gods are just laughing at him. Come on, guys. Take care of Leonard Hamilton. Absolutely. Basketball gods? Let's go. They
0: keep tweeting at Dick Vitale, everybody. Dick's fighting a yeah. good fight. Maybe he'll be able to get the NCAA to overturn Bob Miller's uh, suspension. We were sure we would hope so. All right, that's a wrap for us. 11:30 this morning. Mike Norvell coordinators will be at the podium. We'll have live coverage on wordchant.com Corey hammering things out live. Uh, all the stuff that you need to know. And then I think it'll be a video kind of reaction or the, the top four takeaways. Uh, we'll break out some other stuff. Uh, Jeff Cameron show one to three o'clock. Uh, Corey and I'll be back with another program for you. We'll see. if We got Tom Lang on there as well since it'll be a Tuesday program. What are we gonna do? A live show, Corey. Wednesday, Thursday. What do you think of Big Dog?
1: Let's do it Thursday. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do it Thursday.
0: Stringing it together, I like it. Consistency, nope. they like let's that. Do That's yep, let's do it. What our consultants like. For Corey, right. I'm Aslan. Thank you so much for listening to Wake Up Board Jam. Presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.